Welcome back to the Daily Football Show. Mark Vanakin with you, Adrian Beaker-Horton, Joel Frucci, and on the line, a veteran of Australian football media, Fairfax and Fox Sports' very own Mike Cockrell. Welcome back. Veteran? I'm not sure if I'm happy about that. But <laughs> yes, you are, Mike. Come on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> take, it. Okay, I'll take it. He's taking it. Well, I was going to say doyen, but you probably get a, you probably get embarrassed by that sort of stuff. But mate, uh, look, yeah. massive night. You were calling, <laughs> mate. I'm surprised you got a voice left. You could, nine goals was in in the game you called last night between Sydney Hakkawa and Hills United. But uh, an amazing opening night for the round of 32 in the FFA Cup. Yeah, look, we say it every year that uh, this time of year how much we love this competition. Why do we love this competition? Because it just keeps producing. And, you know, whether there's a lot of goals, like the nine goals I was lucky enough to see last night, or just the one Milos Lewis for South Melbourne, it's just the whole tapestry, which just gets people so excited. And you just, you know, you don't want to dip into this whole, you know, big issues of the game thing. But really, you know, when you see this, you just realise just the massive, massive, massive potential of football in this country when we get it right. Mike, it's Adrian here. I've been saying the same thing. Um, we're speaking about it all week. We've done a very comprehensive preview coverage on the FFA Cup. Um, it delivered last night. The thing I love about it is the mega wall, the way that Fox Sports, when there's a goal, you get the siren, then you know Garby cuts to it. Yep. And I think I just like to say to you know Fox Sports and to everyone that listens to this podcast that I think the production quality and the way that it's set up is absolutely brilliant. It feels so inclusive, and I think. I think Fox Sports deserve a, a big tick for the way that they've done it, don't you think? Well, look, mate, I mean, I get paid by them, so I'm probably <laughs> going to be, you know. <laughs> you wholeheartedly you know, agree. What, I mean, you know, seriously, you know, you're 100% right. I mean, we, know, we do things ambitiously sometimes at Fox in terms of coverage. We're always looking for, for ways to sort of, I guess, broaden the coverage. And, you know, I think we also are very aware, and there's a lot of fantastic football people at Fox, who are very aware about the integrity of the sport and the history of the sport and all that stuff. And we try to roll that in. And, you know, I guess, you know, you look at what we try to do with the FFA Cup and, you know, sometimes we go to black, sometimes there's a glitch in some sort of, uh, you know, communication. Sometimes things don't work a thousand percent. But I think people like that anyway because they know what we're trying to do, which is to just show everyone uh, uh, as much as humanly possible as I said, the tapestry, the grounds, yeah. the people standing behind the fence, the coaches, the players, the, the strips, the history. You know, you get all that, you roll it up, and, and people love it. I just love it. I mean, you know, I can tell you for a fact, you know, I've been at Fox from the first game of the first A-League season, and, you know, we've all been around. People have played at the highest level. We love, absolutely mm. love covering this competition. Boys, I was going to say, oh, there's a part of me that actually enjoys it more than the A-League um, because we yep. often speak mm-hmm. about February and March and those months that can be really stale and we saw that with the last A-League season because they're effectively a lot of dead rubbers. So the magic of the cup and the beauty of the round of 32 is what makes it so magnificent for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and everyone, and everyone. Uh, Mike, it's Joel here. Uh, one of my favourite things about the FFA Cup is uh, these finding these little hidden gems uh, playing for all the state teams. Uh, of all the games that, that you've seen, and I know there was a stunning free kick from uh, Bradley Robertson there for Hills in the game you covered, did anyone sort of catch your eye and put themselves in the shot window? Look, what, 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 what was uh, probably the theme of my game last night, which was Hills Brumbies against Sydney City, Cowan. Uh, I keep saying Sydney City because that's my take on that club. Um, fantastic club from the 70s and 80s and I'm big on resurrecting the narrative but last night was particularly interesting because effectively we had an elite level futsal team in Hills Brumbies 
seven players have played for Australia at futsal. Five other players have played in what they call the F League, which is our national yeah. futsal competition. So you had that, uh, uh, by quirk of geography, that part of Sydney is a hotbed of futsal. So we had that team. We had Wade Giovanali outstanding. We had his brother Greg in there. We had um, Merrin, Dane Merrin. All these guys have played at the highest level. You could see... You could see the futsal influence. You could see the way they constructed their moves versus probably a team that's got, you know, some seasoned uh, outdoor players who, who probably went a little bit long because that was their strength in Sydney City going to Jablonski, etc. You know, so it was a fantastic contrast in styles, really. And, you know, I'm not precious about curriculum football and, and, and whatever. I just like to see, you know, football played at a decent level however you want to play it. And last night was an amazing contrast. And, you know, nine goals. It was a fabulous game. Fabulous game and, you know, brilliant result. Uh, Brumby's unlucky, but, you know, the great story is Sydney City, Harkawa march on and, you know, their history is going to slowly, slowly emerge over the next few weeks and people will start to understand where this game's come from. Hey, Mike, we had Gavin Ray, the gaffer from Sydney, Sydney, Sydney City, Harkawa, uh, on the show the other day and we sort of just, in a, in a micro sort of microcosm, gave the, the, the listeners out there who are probably a little bit younger than, than myself and, you, and yourself just a little bit of a history of that club. I think four-time NSL champions, obviously the history linking back to Frank Lowy, uh, the fact that they played that, I think it was the 87 season for one game and then Frank Lowy took his not yep. bat and ball, just his ball, and went home and, uh, <laughs> and of course, came back uh, 10, 15 years later in uh, very, uh, very, in circumstances we all know about. But just the names of that club, as you said, it was Eastern Suburbs, then it was Sydney City, then it was Sydney Hakawa. And, and uh, on, on Wikipedia, it says they're called the Slickers these days, which uh, Gavin didn't know much about, didn't want to own up to that. But uh, no, look, there, there is a rich history, and that's what this is all about, tapping into that and even seeing the, the, the old grounds. And, and yeah, look, I just love it. I can, feel, I can hear your enthusiasm coming over the phone. Hopefully it's coming back the other way. The other one too, again, another old sort of famous club, Bankstown Berries getting over the Adelaide Metro Stars. 2-1, and then again, Sorrento FC, I believe they're the first, obviously, non-A-League Western Australian side to make the round of 16 with a win over Canberra Olympic. Now, Canberra Olympic have been a good friend of the show here, but good to see Sorrento Frank, yep. get up there with uh, Jamie Harmwell, too, who we spoke to throughout the week. I mean, I guess you only really saw your game, but um, again, the coverage, the way you get to... Do, do you really do you sort of hear what's going on around the grounds when you're commentating, or is it just really focused on your game? Yeah, no, no, we do because uh, people alongside me are on their phones and, uh, you know, checking Twitter, et cetera, which they keep us up to date. And um, I was well aware of what was going on elsewhere. And, um, you know, I was very keen, particularly the Berries result, for instance. There's another club, 1886 Canterbury, and, um, you know, a club which people talk about Johnny Warren and the the, buzz, the, the, the Canterbury Babes of the late 50s and early 60s and John Watkins and Ron Corrie and Jim Fraser and Graham Arnold. I mean, you know... What's interesting, I find, and, you know, unfortunately in this game we have short memories, which is my eternal frustration, mm. the people within these clubs need these competitions and these moments to understand their own club's history. They are largely ignorant of a lot of this stuff. And, you know, you know Sydney City Harkow, Alex Robertson, the assistant coach, he's the last link really to the great Sydney City sides of Eddie Thompson, etc. Uh, he knows all about it. But, you know, the players and the coaches have to relearn all this through these games. And so do the Berries. I mean, they didn't really understand the uh, roll call of absolute icons of Australian football. Reg Date, I could go on, who played for their club. Now they're learning it. They're relearning it. And they're carrying that into games. And, you know, people around these clubs sort of go, oh, really? Wow, Johnny Warren played here or whatever. (laughs) So you can feel it grow. And you get out of that 
you get these great moments and these great opportunities, which the smart clubs will leverage now. I mean, the Berries and Sydney City need to leverage this now for the next X amount of weeks and really go hard at, I guess, re-promoting their brand. Now, I was at, uh, on that very point last night, I was down at, I'll always call it Bob Jane, I know it's Lakeside these days, but um, what was great actually from South Melbourne, they, their, their ground announcer was continually throughout the night um, and they've got the, lucky enough to have the, the electronic scoreboard there, so they were playing highlights packages of, of the history of the club and just all right throughout the night, there was always the PA saying, oh, look, and this is what we did in 1959, we were formed in 59 and then we won the State League in 62 and, you know, and blah, blah, blah and fast forward, Ange Postacoglu coaching back-to-back championships and Mickey Peterson and, and all these names are just ringing out across the stadium and, and, you, and again, there's a lot of youngsters, I happened to be sitting in a bay which is basically packed full of the South Melbourne juniors and for these people to be hearing this sort of stuff, even to be honest, they're probably a bit young. They probably don't even know some of those names that are being, yell, uh, being uh, beamed across the, the the PA. But some of the people were sort of in their twenties, thirties. Again, it's it's just a great education for them. One negative, if there's one negative to come out of it, and I don't like saying this as a South Melbourne Always fan, find Mike. Always negative Van Aken. Yeah, I know, I know. Glass <laughs> half empty Van Aken. That's what they call me. But. <laughs> 2,600 last night for South Melbourne, who were so boisterous in being an A-League club in waiting. They did have 200 in their corporate function last night. I've got to say, the club did very well to present it. But I know talking to some FFA officials, they were a little bit disheartened. And I've got to say, that was a game that I was expecting at least three and a half, four, maybe even 5,000. I know it was cold, I know it was wet, but for only 2-6 to show up, do you reckon that dents South Melbourne's sort of hopes in any way? No, look, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I've spoken to a few people today about that subject, and uh, have they fluffed their lines with their audition for the A League? I don't think so. I mean, I think you've got to, you know, understand uh, context. Um, they've been loud. They've been very loud about their A League ambitions, about their history, about their 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 potential, the scale, the untapped support, and all the rest of it. And so, I guess they've set themselves up for a fall, South Melbourne. Um, so, on that level, you know, they're probably on a hiding to nothing. On another level, um, you know, an FFA Cup match between two uh, NPL sides drawing, what was it, two and a half, three thousand. Yep. You know, that's not to be completely sneezed at in my view. Um, look, I think the South Melbourne story, the A-League bid, the rest of it, is going to be, you know, the rolling stone gathering the moss. It's going to be slower than perhaps South Melbourne would like in terms of rebuilding the momentum. But at least it's heading in the right direction. I thought last night they headed in the right direction. I can tell you that um, I'm pretty particular about certain things in broadcasting. And, you know, if the camera position potentially changes, you know, it gets a bit higher, which it may do. I mean, that's going to look like a decent ground on television, Lakeside. And, you know, that presented well. That presented well for South Melbourne. Um, And, you know, they've got the result now, which, you know, they got in the last minute. He, He does a... <laughs> have a habit of this, doesn't he, Milos? Oh, Milos, yeah. You know, so they're alive. They're alive. And you know what? They might get a draw at home against Melbourne City next time. Who knows? So, you know, they've got to look at it like that. And we've all got to give them a bit more time. At least they're alive. And, you know, another unbelievable club with a great history. And fundamentally, we're at a tipping point in our game. You know, you look at the whole big picture of the game right now, and there's two things that are probably right at the key moment in our game. One is ethnicity. The other is history. They are in the FFA Cup. And the mood now, after a long time, and I've been around way too long, finally, finally people are going, you know what, they're not dirty words, history. They're not dirty words, ethnicity. And, you know, we're right at that tipping point. And South Melbourne are one of those clubs who 
you know, uh, are involved right now. Where do you stand with them, Mike, just as a last question? Because we're here in Melbourne recording this podcast and we hear a lot about them and Mark's a, a South man himself. And yes, um, they are making some noise. Um, there's a lot of PR and they're, they're pushing really hard. It's an audacious bit in some ways. But you look at you go the other way and you, you think, well, can this genuinely work? And I know Mark's got some theories that he likes to bring up nearly every week on this show about South and how they might struggle to get certain fans that have branched off into other clubs um, since they went back into the National Premier League. But where do you stand with South? Do you think there's a genuine love and appetite to have them in the A-League? Look, I don't know because... Uh, you know, the FFA work in mysterious ways. I'd rather not go down the path of how they've handled this whole expansion discussion. Yeah, well, but it's been pushed back, Mark, me, as well. Yeah, but let me just say this. You know, South Melbourne's bid to join the A-League is as credible and as worthy as any other bid that's come out in the last 12 months. Um, in my view, and I've touched on it then, um, the mature, the mature um, approach now, which I hope we are reaching, as I said, with the tipping point, is that you are treated on your merits as an aspirant for the A-League. And in that case, South Melbourne's history is an asset. Their ethnicity is nothing to be uh, discounted or ashamed of. You know, so basically they should be given as much chance as anyone else. And would I be happy to see South Melbourne in the A-League? Of course I would. You know, and that's not me favouring them, but it's just if they've got uh, what I think they have, then... Bring it on. And you know what? I mean, one thing we have to get over is not every new club that comes in the 80s is going to be a Western Sydney Wanderers. You know, mm. that doesn't happen anywhere in the world. And if we bring in a club that starts slowly and builds, big deal. And South Melbourne are in that category, probably. Well, there's certainly another team in Melbourne that fits into that category, I would have thought. Hey, Mike, we're a big uh, fan of yours and a big uh, you're a big fan of helping us out on the show. So thank you. And we'll see you again next week, no doubt, on the FFA Cup coverage for Match Day 2. You will. My pleasure, guys. Thanks. Good stuff. Mike Cockrell going to take a break. On the other side, Tom Smithies with some breaking news.